This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. Rocket scientists are renowned for their ability to cut a project to the bare necessities. I mean, no one wants to take anything on a space trip to Mars that is not going to be incredibly useful. So when Anita Van Dyke, a fair income rocket scientist, who's also studying to become a doctor, writes a book called Zero Waste Family, well, you want to know what she can teach us about reducing waste and living a more considered life. Because interestingly, in her opinion, zero waste is not just about living plastic free. It's about not wasting your time or your life away as well. We need to create sense of buffer zones in our daily lives so that we can actually A, rest and actually do something that's more nourishing than passive consumption. And passive consumption could mean just mindlessly scrolling Instagram. It could be watching cat videos on YouTube. (laughs) It could be watching reality TV, whatever it is. We all think that we don't have enough time in the day. But if you look at your screen uh, analytics on your phone, you'll see you'll be shocked by actually how much time you spend on your screen. The book, A Zero Waste Family, is a 30-day guide where Anita highlights everything that she learned about reducing waste during her first year as a mum. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but having a baby increased my waste footprint by heaps. So Anita, I'm very excited to meet you and discover what motivated you to embrace this low-waste minimalist lifestyle because this actually isn't your first book about zero waste. My first book was called A Zero Waste Life and that was a beginner's guide to reducing your waste. And then I had a baby (laughs) and that all changed my waste reduction techniques. So then I wrote A Zero Waste Family and that's how this book came about. Having a baby, having a family, to my way of thinking, multiplies the amount of waste you create like 10 times at least. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having a kid comes with its own set of stuff, stuff that you don't normally have as an adult. So that's why a zero waste family walks through the process of how to reduce your waste in 30 days. But also at the same time, I'm using that term zero waste with a kind of dual concept. So zero waste to the conventional person is about reducing waste, in particular plastic waste. But for me, it's about also not wasting your other resources, such as time, money, energy, relationships. So it's about living a truly zero waste life in which you don't waste your life away. That is going to come as a surprise to some people because, you know, usually when we're sort of talking about waste, you know, very much it is the sort of plastic and stressing over whether or not you're using disposable nappies. Yeah, so that's the common conception. And of course, I cover that in the book as well. So I use reusable nappies with my daughter. And also I found overnight that sometimes reusables aren't the best option. You could choose compostable nappies or a plant-based nappy that, you know, makes it easier for everyone in the household. So we do get into those aspects of reducing your waste with the child. But the thing that I think we often forget is that as a parent, we often lose our time and our energy as well. And that's why I've created this kind of three pillar system in the book about talking about things such as self-care, because if you can't look after yourself, how can you look after others? And you definitely can't look after the planet. The second concept is home care, and it's about creating efficient systems in the home to save money, save energy, save time, to make it easier to reduce your waste and also not waste any of your family's precious time. 
And finally, childcare. And this aspect is about how to raise conscious citizens in this fractured world that we're living in with plastic pollution, climate change, and now with the COVID crisis, everything can seem overwhelming. And it's about having those conversations and how to raise conscious citizens in a fractured world. I want you to take me back to when you first decided that zero waste was the way to go and you know how you came up with and I'm assuming that this is going to be before your daughter was born but how did you come to that place where you knew that you had to make the changes? For me, I'm, I wasn't born, you know, a hippie living in an off-the-grid house. I was actually um, at the opposite end of the spectrum. I was a maximalist in every sense of the word. You name it, I had it. I was more was more. So designer handbags, all that jazz. And for me, it came about when I was having a quarter-life crisis, really, where I had climbed the corporate ladder and I was looking at the boss, the big boss and the big, big boss. And I thought to myself, Do I want to be these people in the next 5, 10, 15 years' time? And the resounding answer was no. So therefore, then I had to go back to square one and think about, okay, what did I want to do with my life? And in stripping away the excess and in stripping away the income that came with it, I had to make ends meet on one income. And that was my husband's income. And that meant actually going back to the frugal habits of my Chinese-Australian migrant parents. And that meant not wasting any of my resources, including money. And that's where my environmentalism journey began as well. Did your mum and dad laugh about this change? They laughed because it was just, you know, just going back to the habits that most of our parents and grandparents lived. It was waste not, want not, make do and mend, and being sensible about finances and the world's resources. I think they laughed because it was just a a coming back home, coming full circle to what our true values really are, that all this stuff that we accumulate is just... It's just stuff. It doesn't mean anything. The things that matter the most are our relationships, our time, our energy, and all those things that we value with our family and our loved ones that you can't buy off the shelf. Anita, I'm so sorry because I'm sure nobody's ever made this joke for you before, but when we say we're about to tackle something hard, we go, it's not rocket science, but you actually are a rocket scientist. Yeah, so I'm a literal rocket scientist. I have a Bachelor of Aeronautical Space Engineering and I was an aerospace engineer for about seven years. So I can say to you, it ain't rocket science. (laughs) (laughs) If I can do it, anyone can Uh, do it kind of thing. Well, I kind of wonder whether because to... I guess to be a good aeronautical engineer, you know, you're always trying to cut to the bone to, you know, make it the most efficient way possible, the lightest jettison stuff that you don't need. Has that informed the way you approach? Absolutely. And that's what this book is about. It's I've used my engineering brain to create engineering hacks to make it as simple as possible to reduce your waste. So one of the tips I have in my book is to create a trash command station. So when you have an Apollo mission or a Mars mission, you always have to have a command station. You know, you're Houston. So this is what I've created in my home for my trash. So I have a four bin system, which is all labeled and you can even color coordinate it if need be so that everyone in your home knows where to put their rubbish. So you have a recycling bin. This means educating your family about what can actually be recycled. I also have a soft plastics bin. So the scrunchable soft plastics that can't be recycled can actually be taken to the front of your local supermarkets, such as Coles or Woolies. I take it once a week and that can be recycled and used up there. So have a separate bin for that. 
Then you have your composting, so all your food waste and teaching your children, you know, if you do have a compost system at home, how to compost and what can be composted. If you don't have a compost, just, you know, go look up sharewaste.com and look at your local community gardens or your local neighbor's compost system and deposit it once a week. And that's an easy switch there. And the final bin is the smallest bin, which is landfill. And I want to remind people to label it landfill because that's where things are thrown. When we throw things away, there's actually no such thing as a way. And that's about educating your, your you know, children, your family members as well. So that four bin system is by Trash Command Station. You started the whole idea of zero waste lifestyle for yourself. But tell me what changed or what, what was the biggest thing that you noticed when you had a baby? The biggest thing I noticed I had when I, ba- when I had a baby was that I couldn't be a perfectionist any further and that's why the first day of my zero waste guide is about aim for effort not perfection and this is something we all have to accept as parents that when we embark on a change any lifestyle change we might want to do a 180 and go all gung-ho but really sustainability has to be sustainable for you and that means making small but consistent changes that make a big cumulative difference in the long run and that's the method i'm embracing this form of gentle activism that i really want everyone to see that we can all be activists in our modern day lives and it doesn't have to be reducing your waste a hundred percent all at once i find it really interesting that you are in at the start when you're talking about your self-care that you actually do talk talk about life or how your morning routine changed before the baby and after the baby. So self-care is so important. And I think that, you know, in this Pinterest perfect world with (laughs) hashtag super soul Sunday kind of self-care kind of ideals that we think that it's a really elaborate, you know, hour long meditation, two hours worth of yoga, you know, maybe a a salt bath and then, and then maybe a sound bath and then journaling. And and it's just, it all adds up. But really self-care is just about finding a moment for yourself in the mornings or in the evenings, wherever you can find it. For me at the moment, the best time is actually ironically in the nighttime when I put my daughter to sleep and I have a three S system. So firstly, a moment of stillness, a moment of stretching and a moment of soul nourishing. So stillness could mean prayer or meditation. I meditate for about 15 minutes. You can do five minutes. And then a moment of stretching. So just getting your exercise, um, getting your body moving. It could be light yoga, it could be stretching, it could be light exercise. Once again, it could just be five to 10 minutes. And that soul nourishing part, that last com- component is about reading something that's good for your brain, good for your soul, good for your mind. You know, as mothers, we often tend to know the back catalogue of the wiggles, but we don't have enough time to do something for us. So, and, and it's just about five minutes. That whole routine can just take 15 minutes. So five, 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 15 minutes, and it will transform your day. This is a concept I talk about in the book as well. We need to create sense of buffer zones in our daily lives so that we can actually a rest and actually do something that's more nourishing than passive consumption. And passive consumption could mean just mindlessly scrolling Instagram. It could be watching cat videos on YouTube. It could be watching reality TV, whatever it is. 
we all think that we don't have enough time in the day. But if you look at your screen uh, analytics on your phone, you'll see you'll be shocked by actually how much time you spend on your screen. So instead of wasting your way with this kind of passive consumption, I encourage people to do active creation. And that means to do something good for yourself, like sitting down in stillness or reading something nourishing, or even just going for a walk. Give me another favorite hack that you've discovered for life with a baby. Yes. One of my favorite hacks is actually to get yourself a slow cooker. (laughs) And yes, and it might seem simple and obvious, but really it's quite transforming. Get yourself a slow cooker and get a timer for the slow cooker. And you can get a timer at Bunnings, you know, $20, or it could be an inbuilt timer in the slow cooker, whatever it may be. You put all your food in the morning and you come home to a cooked meal. I mean, how simple is that? You put your veg, you put your curries, you can put a soup, whatever it may be. At least, you know, at the end of the day, they're getting some fruit and veg, you're getting some fruit and veg, and you're getting a wholesome meal. And you can do it overnight as well. You can do overnight porridge, you can do overnight congee, you can do whatever you want. And it's such a great life hack because it's minimal effort, but you get the nutrients that you need and you set it to a timer so you can do it as a you know hot meal when you come home. When you talk about minimalism, it's, it's not completely whitewashed, white couch one tasteful decoration. No, it's not about the whitewashed walls and the black turtlenecks and (laughs) having, you know, three items in your closet. It can be that, but let's be honest, with children, it's rarely like that. For me, minimalism is about stripping away the excess so you can focus on the things that matter most. And that to me is not stuff. You know, I came from, like I mentioned before, a maximalist kind of mindset where I literally had a spare room, chock a full chock full of stuff. I was paying rent for stuff really because it was a spare room that wasn't used. And I look back in that time and I think what a waste of money and also what a waste of energy. I could have spent my life doing some of the things I've always wanted to do. So it could be going back to study, it could be just exercising and making good meal for yourself. Or it could just be finding quality time with your family. So instead of accumulating more stuff and spending your time maintaining, buying, returning, looking after this said stuff, why not you just spend that time doing the stuff that you want to do? So that to me, that's what minimalism is about. It's stripping away the excess so you can spend time with the people that matter most. How did COVID affect your ideas of the zero waste and minimalist lifestyle? I was based in Sydney and I think even with during our lockdown, we didn't have a second lockdown like you guys did, but even during the lockdown, I looked around and the things that we craved most during the lockdown times was not more deliveries from Amazon. It was not more deliveries from Kmart or whatever. Those were kind of superficial band-aid solutions. The time that we wanted the most was actually to spend it with friends and family. We wanted to hug them. We wanted to have a nourishing conversation. We wanted to get outdoors and spend time with them, whether it be having a barbecue or a picnic. Those were the things that we craved the most. So actually, coronavirus or the COVID times has really reinforced that the things that matter most are never stuff. You know, we we can buy a Rolex, but that will never buy us more time. We can buy a Louis Vuitton handbag, but that will never satisfy what we really want, which is human connection rather than superficial status. 
So for me, that um, COVID was actually a real, really good reminder that, hey, we can live more gently, we can live more minimally, and we can be more mindful about our footprint on the planet. How do you impart that to your children? Because um, children are, are pretty good at collecting stuff, especially, you know, the ones that want the little trinkets from the supermarket or the $500 or the next Lego set. When they're really little, it's it's easy enough to curate what they own. But if they're a bit bigger. Yeah, so I think it's really important to mirror your values and have that discussion with your children. One of the things I talk about in my book is creating a treasure chest. And instead of calling it a box of toys, you can call it a treasure chest. And children are really creative within confines. Creativity within confines is a concept that children really embrace. If you say to them, the only toys that you can have is within this treasure chest and have a one-in-one out rule. So if you bring something in, let's take something out and have a conversation about where that toy comes from, um, the resources made to use it, the people, the labor used to do it. And then also have a conversation about what you're donating towards. So if you have excess, there may be children out there who need it more than you do. Children are actually really generous and giving creatures. And I think that when you have that conversation with them, they're actually more open about, you know, the true value and the true cost of stuff. And also you can do other initiatives such as join a toy library. Joining a toy library allows them to switch out toys frequently without having to accumulate more stuff and allows a sharing of resources. If there isn't a toy library near you, consider the library itself or even consider the secondhand economy. So Facebook Marketplace, Gumtree, um, op shops and things like that and switching out things as you need them. With the end of possibly the worst year that anyone can imagine, (laughs) it's a good time to perhaps put a line under 2020 and look to the future. And Zero Waste Family, it gives you a guide for the next 30 days. Yeah, I I think it's a simple guide. And like you said, it's a good reset into 2021. It also makes a great Christmas present if you want, you know, families who want to make a change in their lifestyle. But most importantly, it's just about promoting gentle activism to strip back and concentrate on the things that really matter. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to join uh, Vegans Anonymous immediately or become totally radical. I mean, do your friends from the Rocket Science Day, do they recognise you from those days still? Has the, the change been, is it been more an internal change? I think your internal environment always reflects your external environment and vice versa. So I have changed, but also I haven't. Um, I mean, one of the great things about living the zero waste lifestyle that I have now is that it looks basically the same with less stuff. So I still love fashion, except I buy it secondhand and I make sure I have a capsule wardrobe and I don't accumulate too much stuff. I still live in the same inner city apartment, except now I just appreciate it more and walk to places, take public transport and embrace the great outdoors more. 
So for me, I've changed, but I also haven't. And I just wanted to remind people that's that's what a modern day activist looks like. It looks like you and me. What do your mum and dad think of your lifestyle? Are they happy with the way things are going? Oh, I think they're they're just happy that their traditions and their lifestyle and their tips are being passed on. <laughs> they think they're famous by association because all their tips are just tips and tricks I learned through the years from them. And have they embrace the minimalist grandparent ethic or are they wanting to spoil your daughter? Oh, I think that's it's just in their nature to want to spoil grandchildren and I don't think that should be illegal. But also they've come to grips with that, you know, we live in a small apartment and, you know, that we don't need more stuff. So for my daughter's second birthday, instead of gifting, you know, a plastic package, plastic, you know, landfill thing that we'll, they'll play with for 10 minutes, they actually gave us a gift of a visit to the zoo. So a zoo pass. And it was a lovely you know, memorable experience for everyone. And it's such a special occasion because, you know, the zoo can be quite expensive, but it was a lovely occasion for everyone to remember because it was a gift. Anita Van Dyke and her new book, A Zero Waste Family in 30 Days. It's got heaps of great ideas that are not too onerous to undertake. It's a great book for a new year. I've really enjoyed reading it and taking on some of Anita's hints. The book is available, of course, in all good bookstores, and it's a great one, especially if you're determined to make some positive environmentally based New Year's resolutions. Last week on Baby Talk, we heard about how the Babes Project work and how they help young women facing pregnancy and birth alone and what they do to help. We often say it takes a village to raise a child and that's absolutely what we see here at the Babes Project, that women do need support and so that's what most of them seek out from the Babes Project. It's a really great story from an amazing organisation. So if you'd like to listen, you can find that podcast along with so many others on the Baby Talk website. You can find it by searching Baby Talk One Word online or you can find the Baby Talk podcast on iTunes or on the ABC's own podcast app. It's called the Listen app. There's a lot to discover about having a new baby and I hope we've got most of it covered in the podcasts we've been producing over the last few years. You can find them and there are now heaps online on the Baby Talk website. Baby Talk is part of the ABC website and you can find it just by searching Baby Talk one word in your search engine. And of course, all the podcasts are on iTunes and on the ABC's own Listen app. I'm Penny Johnston. I'll see you next time on Baby Talk. ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Digital Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.